0: Welcome to the Board Shorts Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cook, and I'm here with another easy-to-digest dose of valuable board and company director-related information designed to help you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom. You're listening to episode 31, and today I'm having a conversation with Samantha McGolrick. Sam is a health and safety professional, and if I've lost you already, I want to promise you that this is actually a conversation not about health and safety compliance, but one about helping you as a board member to improve organisational performance and find deeper meaning and purpose to your board role by using your influence to make a positive impact. The longer I listen to the news, the more I hear about organisations lurching from one culture crisis to the next. The boardroom is the place where bad culture starts, but it's also where bad culture can and probably should die. With the average person spending around 90,000 hours of their life at work, this conversation with Sam is an important one to listen to if you are an aspiring or existing board member. Sam's niche is in educating board members on effective governance and leadership of safety, health and wellbeing matters as a means through which the board can cultivate a culture where people feel they matter and create spaces where people leave work in a better condition than when they arrived. Sam is the creator of Lead with Heart in the Boardroom, the only safety, health and wellbeing leadership and governance training of its kind tailored to a global board member audience that will help you Ask better questions and look for early warning signs by recognizing where and how you influence health, safety and well-being outcomes. And then using that influence to remo- remove excuses, cultivate culture and lead by example. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Sam Thank you so much for being here today and I'm so glad that we're finally recording this conversation for the podcast. It's been a while.
1: We've been talking about this. I'm so
0: excited to be here. Thanks, Lisa. Awesome. And I'm really excited about this conversation and that we're getting it recorded finally Um, because (laughs) what you have to talk about is so important to boardrooms everywhere and to board members everywhere and I think what we're going to talk about today in fact I know what we're going to talk about today transcends the board so it it goes beyond that in across the organization but also people individually as well as leaders yes Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so I wanted to start probably really at the pointy end of this conversation And that's around workplace health and safety. And whenever I say that term to anyone, especially board members, everyone has a different version of it. Everyone's got their own definition. It's usually not a good definition. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's something that's so individual to everyone. Um, So I guess where we want to start this conversation is what really is workplace health and safety, firstly? Secondly, what is the board's responsibility in relation to workplace health and safety?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. And I hope I can really explain um, why that is such an important thing to think about in terms of thinking about it differently. And because that's really, that is what happens. It happens uh, with safety professionals as well, with mental health professionals. Like we all think of these terms a little differently. Mm -hmm. And I guess like the simple answer is that in terms of a board's responsibility is that they need to ensure that the organization provides a safe and healthy workplace. Okay, it sounds really quite dry, but that's essentially their role, right? Mm -hmm. But the bigger question for the board is like, what does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. And we have what's called due diligence obligations here in Australia. And you would know under the work health and safety legislation, we have those obligations. You've probably been trained in them at some point. A lot of board members have, but there's still a significant number that haven't. But, but we have these, and they're nicely outlined in the legislation. And New Zealand has also introduced these similar legis, um, obligations under their uh, health and safety at work legislation. And basically, these are a really good framework for due diligence. So they're outlining responsibilities for those who are considered officers, which are by default board members. And they include like keeping up to date with WHS matters. Um, And that's internally and externally. And that's important because you'll kind of understand more why in a sec. They also need to understand like hazards and risks associated with the business. Um, We've had a lot of situations where boards didn't really understand what they were getting, I guess, themselves into. And they're not across the different hazards that uh, are associated with the activities. So that's important. They need to ensure that the organization has resources and processes to eliminate and minimize these risks. And they need to ensure that the organization has processes to receive and respond to incidents and hazards and other issues and all that stuff to comply with their other obligations, like if people are working with chemicals or asbestos. And finally, they need to ensure that everything that I just outlined, all those resources and processes are being used. So these obligations, like they outline what legislative due diligence looks like. And as I said, it's a great guide for those countries that don't have any of these obligations stipulated in their legislation, it's great. But what doesn't get as much attention in terms of the board's responsibility for WHS and is how can a board member influence a healthy and safe workplace? So this is more the space that I like to play in, Lisa, because it's a lot less about what a board member needs to do from a compliance perspective, and a lot more about how they show up as a leader in the boardroom. And, and that's a lot about what you were saying in terms of it transcends um, what they do in the boardroom. This is about what, they, what a board member says and does and how the board influences outcomes yeah culture
0: absolutely and as you were explaining that (laughs) I could I was just thinking wow this is just compliance on compliance on compliance Mm -hmm. and you can understand and and see how it's so easy for for people who are leading workplaces Mm -hmm. to start getting into the well this is the checklist you have to follow these are the 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 way the things that have to happen and you start to lose sight of that person yes of, of that that individual at any level that has that free will free thinking where mistakes can happen and people come to work with their whole life attached to them. They're not just, you know, compartmentalizing here and there and everywhere. So there's all these other things that are happening. But because of these fantastic compliance rules and responsibilities and requirements, which are fantastic and completely valid, you lose sight of of the person behind it. And I think that's why um, I really enjoy hearing about your perspective of workplace health and safety governance um, and what you've come to learn from your many years being a safety expert which to me I'm sorry to say that sounds like you know not a real appealing kind of work (laughs) (laughs) but we love you um, and we love people like you who want to get into the nuts and bolts of this thing so I want to hear more about what you alluded to about um, that influencing, how you bring that person aspect into it, the people side of things.
1: Yeah, and I think this goes back to as well, you saying how do we, people think about safety and health differently. And and that touches then on the people, but like if we need to understand the question, right, of how does the board influence a safe and healthy workplace, board members need to first be able to articulate what is safety and what does a healthy workplace actually look like because it sounds simplistic but as i said Mm -hmm. people perceive safety and health differently and with i mean good reason because there's like there's no global definition for safety not even from the world health organization so there is a common perception though that safety is like the absence of injuries and illnesses or you know, managing risk to an acceptable level, all again, um, impersonal and not Mm -hmm. that human piece. But what's kind of more important, I guess, and why we need to um, kind of lead away from or move away from looking at uh, the compliance and the checklist is that when we're looking at safety in terms of that kind of absence of injuries and illnesses, um, we start to manage or look at safety as, um, like, success with safety as only the absence of events. And that really limits our understanding of what safety really is. And it starts to, you know, inform us of when we don't have incidents that we must – or. of perpetuates assumptions and and informs our biases and our decision-making around future safety when we just look at it solely from the absence of injury so I know I'm going a bit off topic from the people and I promise to come back to that but it is important to for board members to know that you really need to look at what you're defining around safety and, and that's a lot about what I teach because. We we need to think about what safety and mental health really is in our organization. It's not just about prevention of the negative events, um, and that, it's important because we look at you know for instance airlines. You know if we have, if they haven't experienced a crash or a significant event, we often perceive them as safe, right? Like absolutely, and that informs like our future understanding, and that's not necessarily the case when we're, when, um, when we look at safety. Uh, like and, and no doubt you know many of us have said oh I've done this a thousand times before um, nothing bad's ever happened again that starts to inform how we think sure. about future safety so the important thing there and like what is safety and 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 health and a healthy what is a safe and healthy workplace is we're really trying to, to kind of build a resilient organization. And I think that's a good, that's a bit a, a term that's been kind of thrown around a lot over the years, but a resilient organization is not just solely focused on those, reducing those negative events. Mm-hmm. It's about identifying and enhancing all the positive capabilities of people and, organi- and the organization that allow your organization to adapt um, effectively and safely under all the pressures that it's under. So it's really about creating a space to increase the capacity of, your organization to accommodate change and conflict. And that's what safety really is. It's not about just looking at the absence of of, uh, incidents and injuries and illnesses. So that people perspective and my, you're asking about my experience, right? In um, Mm -hmm. my perspective of working with health and safety governance. I mean, what I've seen over time is that board members, when I was going in to present on those like governance frameworks, I wasn't getting asked a lot of questions from board members, and I think that's a lot to do with because they didn't either know what to ask um, or the questions I was getting was a lot around compliance, as mm-hmm. you said before. That's really where we're focused, and um, again, that's that's not necessarily where the board's efforts are best placed. Compliance needs to happen, but that's not necessarily what even creates safety. That's part of it, but it's not where the board's efforts are best placed. So. I was starting to see people weren't asking a lot of questions of these kind of frameworks that I'm putting in front of them. And I thought, okay, well, I know it's a little bit dry, I guess, in in terms of, you know, governance frameworks yourself. You know, they're not all that interesting to talk about. But it really got me thinking that we are focused on the wrong things and we're asking the, the wrong questions. So we're not looking, as you say, enough about how are our decisions in the boardroom affecting other decisions or the, the way people see the priority put on safety and mental health. That's one thing, we're not seeing those decisions, those governance decisions that are made over here around targets or um, incentives or what the board says and does in the boardroom, like how, what kind of questions or how they respond to people with empathy or compassion, for instance. Um, we're not seeing those things and how they impact I would say at your most direct, uh, the direct individuals is your executive. And I know we've talked about how not all boards are, um, you know, have an executive team. Um, and that could be a lot of your audience that they're not, like you might get an ASX board. Yes, that's uh, they have a board and a whole executive in different departments, but sometimes board members are playing the role within um, the business as well, right? So absolutely, yeah, it's about, um, really, I think, understanding more about what to ask about, and it comes back to understanding what safety and health is, and Mm. how can I prevent, how can I create a positive, um, how can I increase the positive capabilities in my organization, instead of just focusing on narrowly on those absence of negative events, that really, let me, like, statistically, are one percent of the work that we do, that's what research has shown us. That incidents happen one percent out of all the work we do, wow. and so we're kind of focusing all our energy on preventing this this one thing. And in order to create success over here, that's it's just it's kind of a, irrational, really. Mm,
0: mm. But, so f- from our conversations that you and I have had, this kind of perception that you you have developed on the boardroom on board members about how they can best influence and impact sort yeah. of healthy and safe workplaces. You've coined it that it's leading with heart. So could you explain exactly what does leading with heart mean?
1: You know, a few years ago, do you remember when um, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinta Ardern said that she wanted to bring humanity back to governance? Mm-hmm. It was a really powerful message, struck me completely. And it was really the first time I started to think about this linkage to that's what leading with heart is. And I thought to myself, like that's actually about the time when I was creating the course. You might remember that, um, well, we spoke a few times when I was creating the course. and it's really about widening you know your approach to profit and growth, looking beyond that short term and like l- fundamentally looking at how you can lead a people first culture from the boardroom with the bigger assumption that because every life matters but but great with a greater perspective of you can actually make a difference through your decisions you it like the board does influence how people feel at work by what they say do how they act in the boardroom and that's really like meaningful work I wanted to create something or educate board members on how they can make a meaningful impact which is why I love your um, podcast recently on your unique value proposition because this really is, if board members can get across how they impact, how people feel at work, and what sort of, how that kind of plays into the, um, how the business business performance and effectiveness, it's a real unique value proposition to bring to your, your current board or a future board. But we have the tools as individuals to lead with heart. It's a lot about bringing compassion, empathy, we talked about, but... Really, it's Leading with Heart is about creating spaces where we make people, we help people leave work in a better condition than when they arrived. It's what we call a regenerative approach. So again, it's about helping our organisation improve its capacity to treat human beings in a way that they become more rather than less than what they were at the time of their employment.
0: I love that. That is such a huge paradigm shift Uh, in in leadership and in workplace health and safety and as you were talking to me about that what struck me is that the way that a business treats its staff isn't going to be different to the way the business treats its customers and its clients and its other stakeholders that are touched by the operations of the organization so what I said at the beginning about this transcending a workplace health and safety issue transcending yeah. your job as a board member yeah. like it, you just start to see how that that paradigm shift can then have that influence and effect yeah. from much more than just and i say just yeah. <laughs> a healthy no. and safe workplace
1: yeah. totally and that's actually um, like- That's a very good point to make, because if, um, I mean, not only is that rewarding and meaningful to know that you're impacting the people's lives in your organization, and often what I'm saying, sorry, two two prong here, you can actually then take that to your suppliers and your customers, you're quite right, Uh, any other stakeholder, you can think about the various levers that influence how they feel and how they can bring more to your business uh, and and improve, again, the effectiveness and performance. But I thought about this from a perspective of, I was watching this um, video recently on people who had attempted committing suicide and didn't, of course, so they're telling their stories. Um, And I thought to myself, they're really, um, a lot of these people were afraid to talk about what they were going through at the time. And I know that I've experienced, I have family members who are experiencing depression and it's actually a very, it's, it's hard to like talk about it to others, especially when people think your life is doing pretty good. So it's almost like they feel shame to talk about it. Um, And there's a number of other aspects, but I thought these people could be a board members, any one of these board members, child, Mm. and there are so many, um, definitely suicide rates and depression rates and anxiety rates are really high actually with um, teens to 20 into their 20s so if you can do if you can learn some fundamentals on how to help people feel they matter um, by what you do in the boardroom, you could apply those things again to your family and friends and I think that's so important when it's hard to recognize these things in our family and friends
0: yeah, absolutely and you think about, all the staff members of an organization that that has board members and has leaders that lead with heart that that they then take that ethos and that culture into their friends and families and you yes. just like that kind of like how a virus spreads Totally, That's, it's the lead with <laughs> heart <the> pandemic yes <laughs> i love that one <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that that
1: be great but yeah that was um that's part of, uh, I guess, my mission, you know, is to improve the health, happiness and resilience of society by educating board members on how they can make a difference, what they can do, those levers that they can pull to influence culture, because the board influences climate. That's a big part of what I teach. How do you influence culture? You influence it by influencing the climate and climate influences culture over time. So it's it's not like a quick win. But I know that many board members are frustrated with how to, how they can influence culture, and health and safety is just outcomes of culture. Like there's there's systems involved. Of, yes, of course, and we need to understand systems. And there's a whole piece around that that we probably won't get to today, but we need to understand that we do work in systems, and that creates uncertainty. So hence why safety is not all about rules. But yeah, if we can make people kind of feel that they matter, there's this—you know—it's it's a much farther-reaching um, outlook, I guess, for mm. what we can achieve by learning some of these fun, fundamental principles of leading with heart and thinking of a regenerative approach.
0: Yes, and I would love that pandemic to spread. <laughs> um, yeah, but the thing that. that the thing that I um, that comes into the cynical side of my brain thinks about those people who, um, so those leaders who are going to worry about being seen as weak or wishy-washy to either their fellow board members or other people within the organization if they start to adopt this kind of leading with heart Mm. approach? Mm -hmm. What would you say to those people who are concerned about that?
1: Yeah, it's, just, it's a real detrimental mindset, isn't it? Um, because there's it, it stops people from really achieving more and um, going further than, than going to the point, I guess, that they're doing what they want to do because we're all uh, generally afraid of being seen as, as you say, weak, silly. Um, I've heard from a number of interviews that I've had with board members of, you know, you're trying to always put up a, an image of. Um, I found this really interesting um, that you are meant to be on that board, you know that you didn't that the board didn't make a bad decision in putting you on there so we're all got a bit of vulnerability that we have to kind of let ourselves fall into in in terms of um, kind of doing what we need to do or leading with heart really. Um, I think there's a strong business case for leading with heart. And that's not talked about enough as something that I I certainly would like to do myself a lot more, but organizations that um, implement psychologically safe and healthy workplace strategies have been found on average to be better performers in all key performance categories, from health and safety to key human resource measures to profitability and shareholder returns. That's important to get across. And that's what I talk a bit about in um, when I teach board members about these fundamentals is because you have to be able to talk to the business case, because I get that people think it's a bit wishy-washy, but if you can um, turn it to that business case piece and you're familiar with those things, then I think that you have some kind of foundation to at least have a have a more meaningful conversation about why it's important to invest in um, health uh, and safety and well-being. You know, there was a study a few years back that was conducted by... Um, Uh, it was conducted on the annualized return of Fortune's 100 best companies to work for versus the S&P 500, and it was found that 83 companies from that 100 on the Fortune's list strongly outperformed the S&P index over the long term. And remember, leading with heart is about Mm. not, not thinking so short term, It's about really letting um, the business, like understanding that these things do take longer. We're people. Things don't happen just like that. And we work in systems that are uncertain. So, you know, we do have to embrace long-term. But overall, public companies are recognised, that are recognised for their health and safety performance, achieve a better annual return. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, you know, so there's the business case for it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the greatest irony, right, is that although we're consistently told Um, and taught as board members that we have to think long term and we have to keep Mm. that in mind with our decision making the business is especially for shareholder companies it's reporting quarterly or half yearly certainly yearly and that's how the success quote unquote of that company is measured and so this the system that it works in as you mentioned everything operates in a system it's kind of fighting against itself um and especially these days when consumers and stakeholders are increasing their expectations on organizations to have a purpose greater than profit yeah and i think that's an amazing thing yeah but that takes time too and and you you kind of having these these opposite ends of the spectrum fighting against each other and and how you yeah as a board member can sort of weigh those up against one another and and sort of keep the course
1: yeah yeah and hold steady yeah Yeah. um I think there was these uh terrible figures about the um the turnover of CEOs as well, that it's much more frequent now. You know, you don't even get a CEO in for like five years. And when I mean we can look at our politicians here in Australia. If like you know things aren't performing, we're like out, and there's a coup of some sort. You yeah. know, like so, you know, um like it's it's frustrating because yeah, there's there's the talk, it's but it becomes rhetoric if like you know if you're not actually gonna put um hand to heart and to actually try and do that then we're really just, well, I guess it becomes smoke and mirrors.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm leading with heart, um, what are your sort of question from left field, top three things board members or leaders of organisations should keep in mind when they're thinking about bringing more heart to their leadership? Um,
1: I think empathy and compassion is is um, certainly one that, we need to keep in mind. That's not, that's not always easy. That's a hard practice. It's like, um, I give some tools in a program that I teach on how to do that, but empathy and compassion is really key. I think anything can be done when, and some are going to think that's wishy-washy, but anything can be done through love and love doesn't have to be, you know, some with your, with your partner, but it, it's, we can experience Oh, Barbara Frederickson does some amazing work on love, but you can experience love in a street, just you know giving people um contact and a smile like there's different uh forms of love so i think empathy and compassion is really important i think um excuse me mindset and um bringing like allowing yourself to be a bit vulnerable i think brene brown has some great research on um the building courage uh takes first of all takes vulnerability and a lot of people uh, might actually think that you know it's very courageous to be vulnerable well yes it is but actually to be vulnerable creates courage and we're, we're, we're living in a world where we know we've got the edelman trust barometer talking about trust levels organizations are actually highly trusted right now after covid that was i think were the latest results so they're more trusted than um previous results and so we've got this great opportunity to dive into that but to create trust Interestingly, you need vulnerability again. And so I think vulnerability and and courage, thinking those two through. And, you know, I think um, I guess I'd have to really come back to educating yourself. If you want to lead with heart, then I think you really um, need to get the key principles in mind as to, uh, from my perspective, on how to lead, uh, make people feel they matter. And what does that look like? How can I actually take those actions? Well, educate yourself, and that you don't know what you don't know, and you might be doing the wrong thing um, and acting in a way that actually is not making people feel like that. So, really broadening your mind um, through training. Yeah, members still need training, right, Lisa?
0: Uh, You've come to the right place. I'm always going to champion continued learning um, for anyone. I'm not even going to say, especially for board members. I think that's for everyone. But Sam, you've mentioned now a couple of times tools that you teach through a program that you deliver. I'm interested in knowing what is this program that you've talked about?
1: Yeah, I do. I mentioned that a lot. So, So that is my program is called Lead with Heart in the Boardroom. And Basically, it's about teaching board members how they influence outcomes and how they can make a positive impact. That's all about what I teach. Uh, That's not just the program, but that's all the free content and any tools I release. So it's about helping board members make a positive impact, using their influence to make that impact. And the Lead with Heart in the Boardroom is an online training program that um, you basically have me there for uh, six weeks. Um, and it's an hour a week. Uh, it's not a huge investment, but it's a significant investment for your board career. And it would, and I basically teach board members that business case, first of all. We talk a lot about values and, and what that is in that front, in the first module. It's about six modules for six weeks. And, and then it goes through kind of helping board members get the foundational knowledge they need to ask better questions. That's really fundamental. Um, when we can ask better questions, there's, um, you know, feedback loops that happen and the executive takes your lead, right? Um, the board sets the tone. So if your board's not asking those better questions or whatever you're asking for in the boardroom is essentially what you're going to get. Right. In the end, like the executive is going to give you what you what you're asking for. So if you can ask better questions, then they take your lead and start to think differently as well. So Uh, We talk about that, we talk so it's giving you the foundational principles for safety, mental health, um, and um, well-being. But what's really different about my program and why I'm so proud of it is because there's nothing else out there like this that is tailored to a board member audience. There's different training for leaders, but not to a board member's governance decisions and how they interact with their executives. So I, it's it's quite a unique program. There's not one company director institute that's offering training uh, globally in health, safety, and well-being. So it's unique, Incredible. and I hope it. I hope uh, your audience uh, is interested in learning more about it.
0: Absolutely, I would hope they are too. So where do they go to find out more?
1: Yeah, you um, head over to samanthamcgowrick.com forward slash lead with heart. And there you can sign up for a waitlist. It's some um, the the course isn't offered all the time, but it's coming up soon to uh, the doors opening again. And um, I'm also offering a free masterclass soon, so you'll get notified of the masterclass if you join that waitlist.
0: Love that. And we'll share that too. And if anyone wanted to yeah. get in contact with you, reach out to you, connect with you, Sam, how do they do that?
1: best to go through our website.
0: There's uh, my details
1: or come through to LinkedIn. Uh, a lot of time on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. Awesome. And what was your website address? SamanthaMcGolrick.com. I think we'll need to spell that out for the folks.
1: Oh, I think so. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Samantha, the S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A at McGolrick is M for mother, cgolric com. Thanks.
0: Perfect. And just to confirm, yeah. your program is available to anyone around the world.
1: Yes, thank you. Yes. this is not tailored to Australia or New Zealand because uh, it's not compliance focused. This is broad uh, brush framework for uh, government uh, directors to get be more informed. Yeah, globally.
0: Yeah. What an interesting concept. Workplace health and safety. That's not compliance focused. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That sounds a lot more fun to me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sam. It was so great to have you here to record this conversation and I can't wait to get it out to everyone. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, pleasure. It was all mine. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If this conversation with Sam has inspired you, and I know it has inspired me, be sure to visit her website and check out her course, Leading with Heart in the Boardroom. If you haven't already, I invite you to subscribe, rate and review the Board Shorts podcast on your favourite podcast app. And please feel free to share that you're listening and what your takeaways are from this episode on social media using the hashtag board Podcast. I look forward to talking with you in the next episode. Bye for now. The Boardshorts Shorts Podcast is powered by Get On Board Australia, the destination for aspiring and new board members, helping you to get on board and thrive in the boardroom.